Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. So we're going to be looking in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, Let's get Jeremiah chapter 2, verse number 7. We'll start off. Jeremiah 2. Verse number seven, the Bible says, and I have brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. When ye entered, ye defiled my land and made mine heritage an abomination. The priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. You know, if we go by the law of first mention, we see the first time the word pastor shows up in the Holy Bible, it's a negative connotation. (laughs) I thought that was curious. Um, Considering the days that we're in now, you mentioned pastor, you're not sure what you're going to get. You mentioned church, you're not sure what you're going to get. But we know our first point this morning, God doesn't want pastors that are going to transgress His law. Let's go over to Jeremiah chapter 8. As we do that, I'm not so much convinced that the problem, although we have many of them, isn't what modern day pastors say it's what they don't say you can walk into a modern church and hear that Christ died for our sins you can walk into a modern church and hear that um, God is love you can walk into a modern church and hear um, Jesus Christ was virgin born you can learn about the Trinity you can learn all those things but you know what they won't say That's transgressing the law. That's sin. God's against that. You won't hear preaching against transgression breakers. How are we going to grow? How are we going to grow if we just park on, well, God is love? We're not. And God's people are not. We have broke God's law. When people come into church, they need to know we're not all that. We need to know that God's law and the commandments that He has given us in the New Testament are for us to live by, to obey, and to desire to want to bring our lives in conformity to. And the problem isn't, I don't think, what people say. It's what they leave out. It's what they don't say. So when you have people over, you can have a a pizza party as long as you order cheese pizza. But as soon as you start adding toppings, and I don't like that, I don't like that, I don't like that. So we just got cheese pizza party preachers. You start adding, are you going to preach against this? Are you going to preach against that? Are you going to preach against this? All of a sudden, you start losing people. So what do they do? They leave it all out. They leave it all out. Jeremiah 10 Let's get over to there. Jeremiah 10, verse number 18. 
For thus saith the Lord, behold, I will sling out the inhabitants of the land at this once and will distress them that they may find it so. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous, but I said, truly, this is a grief and I must bear it. My tabernacle is spoiled and all my cords are broken. My children are gone forth of me and they are not. There is none to stretch forth my tent anymore and to set up my curtains. For the pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. Behold, the noise of the brood is come and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate and a den of dragons. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. O Lord, correct me, but with judgment, not in thine anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. Jeremiah completely identifies himself with the sorrows of Jerusalem. I think it's hard. It's easy. There's times I get in my little boat and want to see that, sail down my little sea of sorrow. You know, oh, it's so hard, you know, planning a church now and blah, blah, blah. All that is is a just a, spiritual, a spiritualized pity party. And I have to quickly get myself out of that boat with the Lord's help. But you get a guy that preaches for almost five decades with no results, and he's identifying himself with the sorrows that are going on in Jerusalem. That's a man's man right there. But he says, pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Jeremiah pleads that God would judge only in correction and not for complete consummation. And he pleads, correct me. Idols be nothing to God. He's the everlasting God. He's the true God. He's the King of kings. The world was established by His wisdom. He stretched out the heavens. Man is brutish and so are these pastors. It's funny that when the word starts showing up in Jeremiah, it's all negative stuff. But brutish means like a beast. Dumb. Carnal. A savage with no feelings. Ignorant. Untaught. You know what we have in our day? Sadly, pastors that don't study the Bible. They don't know God's Word. They know some truth. And they know what they need to do to get people. We need to be careful that we don't become brutish and not seeking the Lord. All of us, honestly. I can't say this 100%. I'd love to. We need to seek the Lord, not just daily, not just hourly, minute by minute. Everything's going great, praise the Lord. One thing goes wrong, and there goes the griping, the mumbling, and the complaining. Look, I'm preaching to myself as much. It's hard. Seek the Lord. And we'll be on a step getting closer to Him and less on a step becoming brutish. But God doesn't want brutish pastors. He does not want pastors that transgress His law.
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse number one, Proverbs 12, one, whoso loveth instruction. Does anybody here uh, have kids that just love being instructed? <laughs> that would be a no. <laughs> but the Bible says, whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. But as a mom, as a dad, as a grandmom, as a granddad, don't you just love it? when you correct your son or you correct your grandson or daughter or granddaughter and they're like, oh, yes, ma'am. And they just, I mean, right away and it's the, the right attitude and diligently and then they come back and say, anything else, mama? I mean, it, isn't it just like when you have those moments, it's like, oh, man, praise God. That's what God wants. Sometimes we as parents and as grandparents and just adult Christians we need to get back to that, even though there are rarer times for kids, we need to get back to just that fresh innocency of, I just love you so much, mom. I love you so much, dad. Sure, whatever you want me to do. We need to get to that point with God. Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. But he that hateth reproof, here's that word again, is brutish. I'm not trying to be captain critical, but... Most Bible schools and Bible colleges, it's very, very rare to find one where God's Word is going to be taught and that's it. Amen. You, you're going to get taught. No one corrects you. You're the man of God. You can't be reproved. You can't be put in check. No one judges you. No one can correct you. I'll tell you, my prayer has been since the beginning, God, send some older, wider, wiser Christians. And I'm just telling you, you know, the first person God put in my life, Sister Caroline, since we started. You know what she's been doing? Preaching on the street? No. Knocking on doors? No. Praying, encouraging, and expecting me to come prepared with the message out of the book. <laughs> right? I mean, that's good. And God's sending people. Why? Because nobody is above God's Word. You learned it in seminary. Great. You learned it in Bible school. Great. But if we point out something that you learned in seminary, or I learned at Bible school, and it doesn't go through the filter of the Bible, why can't we just be okay with throwing it away and going with the book? Why can't we be okay with that? You can't automatically trust someone because he says he's a pastor. You gotta check him out. First Corinthians 11.1 1 says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. If I'm not of Christ, if I'm not preaching out of this book, then don't follow me. <laughs> if I get out of this book and you see something that I didn't see, I mean, don't throw a brick at me or anything, but kindly pull me aside, not in front of everybody and embarrass me, but look, I, I, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> I think I have most of the answers that I, I try to preach what I know, <laughs> but I don't have all the answers. I've lived a life, I have experience, I've studied the Bible, I have a Bible teacher, I speak to him all the time, but look, we all need accountability. 
I need you just as much as you need a church that has a preacher that's going to preach the Bible. I do. I do. I can't do this on my own. I need you. Pastors need people. We all need accountability. How were the, those in Berea? They were more noble. Why? Because they searched the Scriptures. Can't Pilgrim Baptist be that church? Can't we be that church? That's the church that searches the Scriptures. That's the church that goes by the Bible. That's the church. Boy, you talk to them. Why, why do they keep giving us Bible? We love God's Word. More noble. More noble in all of Putnam County. Because that church searches the Scripture. They received the Word with all readiness of mind as well. You know these non-denominational churches that pop up. But in my, my opinion, is that they're really not non-denominational. Because they put non-denominational on the building and on the sign, but what they bring over is the stuff that they liked from their denomination, whether it's Baptist, Presbyterian, and then they got rid of the stuff that they didn't like. And so people have this denomination uh, philosophy where well, I like this about the Baptist church, or I like this about the Mennonite church, or I like this about the Presbyterian church. And then they want to find a church that has all those things that they like from those denominations without the stuff that they don't like. So there really isn't a non-denominational church. That's not Bible. That's just my opinion. But the Bereans, they search the Scriptures. They receive the Word with all readiness of mind. I want that to be pilgrim. This isn't our home. We have a home in heaven. I want that to be pilgrim. All readiness of mind, and we're searching the Scriptures. And any visitor should be able to come Sunday morning, a new believer, and Brother Nathan or Brother Gary or Brother Chris should be able to take that fella out for a cup of coffee and know just as much Bible as the pastor. And any young girl that's having a problem or needs help or doesn't understand salvation, Sister Lisa, Sister Jenna should be able to have them over, cook them a meal, and know just as much Bible as the preacher. Now that isn't going to happen overnight when somebody first comes in, but if you've been saved any length of time, that's what a church family is. That's what I want Pilgrim to be. Not the pastor blowing his heart out to try to do everything. Allowing God to use his people. All right, Jeremiah chapter 22 Jeremiah 22, oh boy. The wind shall eat up all thy pastors and thy lovers shall go into captivity. Surely then shalt thou be ashamed and confounded for all thy wickedness. It's a warning to those who just drive their flock as hard as they can. God will eat them up with the wind that they should be blown away. God does not want wicked pastors. You know people that they're just, they're just sixth gear all the time and they expect you to be in sixth gear. And it's, and it's, we got sheep. One thing you have to know about sheep, you can't drive sheep. It's just not going to work. And the other thing is if you drive them, they will get stressed out. And when they get stressed out, I'm amazed how high they can actually jump. 
like four, almost five feet. Wow. You cannot drive sheep. We're a flock. We're God's sheep. No man, or woman for that matter, should be driving anybody. My job is not to just drive you as hard as I can drive you to... That is not pastoring. That is one man with an agenda that wants everybody to rally around his agenda. We're all different. I can't expect everybody to want to preach on the street. I can't expect everybody to want to knock on doors. I can't expect everybody to pass out tracts. I can't expect everybody to pray as much as Sister Caroline prays. I would love it if that happens, but it's not going to happen. We pray for it. We ask God to send more people to help, but you can't drive people. You can only lead them. Same thing you had to do with sheep. Gently lead them. Gently lead them. All right, Jeremiah 12. Let's go back a couple of chapters. And God does not want pastors that are destroyers. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse number 10. The Bible says, Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They're unworthy pastors. God says, I would have taken care of you. I would have protected you, but you didn't want it. So you know what? Here you go. Here's a desolate wilderness. How's that? And you can see, when you go through the end of the verse, uh, it's prophetic. God has, God has compassion, but he doesn't want pastors that are destroyers. So here's what we can do. We can either come into a town and destroy people, or we can come into a town and we can build them up. And sometimes building up, you're going to have to do a little jackhammering. It's going to be a little bit of, it's going to be a little rough. It might be some tough love. It might be, look, brother, look, sister, you really got to look at this better. You're, you're off track. And that will help chisel away, even though it's painful, for the purpose of edifying people and building them up. You can tear down all of the buildings in town and have one, your little building that now is the tallest building. Or you can just work on building people up. Which, by the way, when we come to church, one of the reasons is for the edification of the saints. And then we're supposed to go out and reach the lost. Now, I want to be careful how I say this, but the church really isn't for lost people, although lost people can come to church and we want them to come to church. The church really is for the edification of the saints. And then those saints are supposed to go and fulfill the Great Commission and go out and reach the lost and dying world for Jesus Christ. So just to further clarify, if you meet a lost person, sure, invite them to church. Don't forget to give them a track or don't forget to talk to them about salvation. We want them to get saved, not come to church first. 
We'd rather them get saved and not come to church at all. But look, you can invite lost people. Sure, have them come. They'll, they'll, it's not going to be a gospel message, every message, because the saints need to be edified and fed. But we certainly will be giving that call, that salvation call be part of it. So I hope that made sense. All right, Jeremiah 23. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Saith the Lord, therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds. And they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Now this is a prophetic look at the remnant of Israel that will be, ga will be gathered out of all countries. But here's some things that we see. Look back at the beginning at verse number 1. The sheep of... Whose pasture is it? My pasture. It's the Lord's. Um, look at verse number 2. You have scattered... Whose flock is it? It's the Lord's. My flock. Look at the end of verse number two. Who's doing the evil? <laughs> Not the Lord. That would be the people. That would be the pastors that destroy and scatter. God equates that to evil. Any pastor that's a destroyer and a scatterer of his sheep, God says that's evil. Look at verse 4, and I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall be they be shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. He doesn't want pastors that drive the flock to the ground, that splits the flock in half, and that won't visit them. With the um since Al Gore created the internet, <laughs> you're right. Uh, we're able to get tons of information at a snap of a finger or the tap of a Google search. And you can use the internet and grab great Bible preaching, good Bible truth, or you can use it like some people use it, a cesspool of filth and a sewer of junk. Um, the internet isn't the problem. It's people's hearts is the problem. Same thing with the phone. When the telephone first came out, you can use it to either gossip about all the church people or you can use it to edify a saint. I mean, it's not the phone isn't evil. It's what are you, what's your heart? Well, with the internet, it's the same thing. You can get great Bible preaching. I do. I'm sure you do. But the long-distance preacher in California or Wyoming or wherever 
isn't going to come and visit you when you're sick or have a problem. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why we should gather as saints, why we should have a family, a church family, um, why we should be caring for one another. There's a one anothering in this. Somebody has a problem, we should be able to visit them. Somebody has a praise, we should be able to call them up and praise God. That's great. I love to hear that. That's pastoring. That's caring. That's visiting. That has become almost a long lost art. I guess because they're not selling vacuum cleaners door to door anymore. It, it, it's kind of everybody does things on the Internet. But there used to be a time where it was the long lost art of stopping over. You know, oh, I heard you needed some butter. Here you go. Nobody really does that anymore. <laughs> um, people are private. People keep to themselves. People, they don't want to really be bothered. All right. Now, again, this Jeremiah passage, it's a prophetic look for the nation of Israel. It's not for the church, but what we're doing this morning is just gleaning some application from this. God sets up and we'll finish with this, verse number four, I believe it is. He sets up shepherds over them, which shall feed them. That's the point. Not pastors that destroy, not pastors that divide or scatter, but that feed. Let's feed on God's word. They shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, Neither shall they be lacking. If I feed you God's word, if you feed me God's word, if people that come in are fed God's word, we're not going to be lacking. Not in spiritual matters. Not. We need more of Him. All right, let's bow and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Help us to be a church that feeds and nourishes and doesn't divide or destroy or scatter. Help us to be a church that loves your word, studies your word. Help us to be the more noble church, Lord, the ones that search the scriptures, the ones that receive it with all readiness of mind. We do ask and pray. We ask your blessing over church service this morning. Any visitors that may come, Lord. Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.